Hebrews 11, verse 32 through 34. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel of the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 60 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the provinces of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men, O king, they pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, he brought, be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good, but if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, 
Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men into the fire? They answered and said to the king, O true king, he answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their house laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gosh, that story, when you really walk through it word for word, is crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I had no idea bagpipes were in the Bible. <laughs> we have completed uh, verse 32 through 34 wow. Wow. of Hebrews 11. We're moving on to 35. It, it's actually my ringtone now as you're yeah. reading that. <laughs> no, just to, give, just to give you guys a heads up, we will be in 35. A for two days and then 35B through 36 for two days. So time, we're not moving, time will not fail us. We're not, we're not moving far along, but we are moving along. No, amazing story. And again, the we looked at the motif yesterday of the lion. The motif we're looking at today is how God spared people from fire, which really is an amazing, it's an amazing idea. This yeah. is an incredible story. You know, Nebuchadnezzar, 
is one of those Bible characters that is pretty fascinating to me. Yeah. He interacts with God in these very real ways. Obviously, he has his humiliation later. He praises the Lord. I mean, you almost could conclude that like Nebuchadnezzar becomes like a follower of God. I mean, and so, which is like kind of a hard thing to believe that that yeah. could even happen. Yeah. Um, it depends on kind of how you interpret what's happening in, in, in the other chapters of Daniel. But I mean, this is his first encounter he is, in a sense, scoffing at the power of God. Mm-hmm. He's built this 90-foot-tall statue to himself, mm-hmm. um, and he's making everybody bow down to it. And, I mean, it, you know, even just, like, the whole drama of the story, the heating of the furnace, the people dying who threw them in, it, uh, you know, it actually, when it, when, and, and not to, like, in any way, like, lessen the story, but just to kind of put it in, um, you know, I guess the terms of like a drama that you actually kind of experience. Like I was thinking of the movie Princess Bride when like Humperdinck <laughs> mm. takes Wesley and he like turns the pain yeah, yeah, thing yeah. like all the way to the top. I mean, it's that it's that kind of moment where Nebuchadnezzar is saying, okay, like I have been challenged. I am going to like get da- do something like kind of crazy and insane and dangerous with this furnace just to show these people um, that I am the Lord. And of course, like, I mean, this is, you know, and I, I you know, again, believe the, the truthfulness of scripture. Like, this is one of those amazing things that's ever happened. Yeah. That these men were protected yeah. from this real fiery, they dangerous. Didn't, they didn't even burning. smell like smoke. Yeah. I mean, what is going on here? Yeah. I mean, it's just this very supernatural, protective nature of God, the son of the gods. Now, I mean, people say, is this a theophany? Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Do you have any? I the theophany stuff. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's like basically the belief when there's kind of these mysterious angel of God appearances that that's actually like the Christ. Um, it's like a pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I that I you know there's probably people smarter than me. I'm sure there are people smarter than me who believe that. And I'd be interested to hear. It seems like a little quiche and like, I kind of think it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of think it's an angel yeah. and. Um, but I mean, and so the the thing that I think throws people on this one is it says son of the gods. And so people are like son of the gods, son of God, Jesus, you know? Yeah. And so. But that language is all over the. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's all over the ancient world. Yeah. I mean, and so I think that this is just their description of this angel yeah. that God has sent to protect. Um, and of course, like we see, I mean, we looked at this yesterday, but we see it later in the book of Daniel, the angels shut the. Uh, lion's mouths and so that that theme of god's angels protecting his people in the uh land of exile is 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 an amazing theme you know i mentioned the series that we're gonna do next year life in babylon now we actually are in babylon so you're like what's happened well the persians took over the babylonians and that happens like in the midst of the tales of the book of daniel but um um but in babylon here that we are seeing and you know, you even have to ask yourself the question: like, is is Nebuchadnezzar's um, interactions with God like part of the Persians being able to take him over? Like, in a sense, was he weakened by yeah, like the power of God, or yeah. is weakened by his impressions of God? I mean, that's an interesting little case study. But anyway, the um, what was I saying here? Oh, but you know, here the this life in Babylon series. I mean, again. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, they're 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 officers. They're they're people that they've they've made themselves 
useful. People are um, people are fearing them. People are recognizing their talent, but they haven't succumbed to the gods of the people. They are faithful to the Hebrew God, even when it meant dire consequences. They were yeah. going to die rather than not be faithful to God. And, and I think just there's so much to, to learn there of what real faith looks like. And of course, the Lord cared for them in their faith. Yeah, you have to juxtapose this with the rest of the Old Testament. I think it's easy to be like, oh yeah, they didn't bow down to the other guys. Like, that's great. The What makes this story and the story of Daniel stand out so much and, and we just you know we, we just finished up the exodus series and this is one of the big themes israel throughout the old testament they're not necessarily like renouncing yahweh right but they want they think they can serve yahweh and also you know kind right. of have their other good luck charms the and, typical israel would have been like well yeah we serve yahweh but Maybe Yahweh is, it was kind of an inclusivism, right? It's like, maybe Yahweh is in this huge statue to Nebuchadnezzar. Like, yeah, and, and, we're and, really bowing to Yahweh. Yeah, and so they are really defying, like, the generational sin of Israel. Right. And, you know, I think on top of that, it's it's so powerful to read, like, you know, I think the felt board, like Sunday school version of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I've I've carried around in my head for most of my life, is you know these like kind of scrawny little Israelite guys who are you know bullied and and you know tied up and they're kind of like helpless lambs led to the slaughter, but you see a real sense of of strength and defiance. Like they they basically tell <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar like, hey, if you want to f- throw us in the furnace. That's fine. Our God's going to deliver us. We're going to come right back right. out. And if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down to you. And can you like imagine saying that? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think to the point of Hebrews 11, what can we learn about faith? There's this steadfast, firm, and exclusive devotion to God is going to be true to his word. And, and, I, and actually, this is saving faith. Yeah, exactly. You know, say, what is saving faith? It's like, I deserve to be damned. I deserve yeah. to be thrown in the eternal fire. Yeah. And, but I believe that God, because he's merciful, is going to carry me through, yeah. even though he shouldn't. Yeah. And, and that is what saving faith is, that we, we trust that God is going to carry us through, in a sense, the fire of his judgment, through the atoning work of Jesus, through the blood of Christ. We're going to be covered by Christ. We're going to be safe from God's wrath because of Christ's righteousness and because Jesus was not safe. Jesus was thrown into the fire. Jesus took on the penalty of our sin. Mm. And now in him, we have confidence. We have this kind of confidence. I mean, this is what saving faith is, that we can walk through, again, the ultimate furnace and not be harmed in Jesus. And, you know, we we tend to like to have like a, and this is what Israel's problem was, we like to have like a diversified portfolio of faith. You know, it's like, I... I love Jesus. I and a lot of people in Atlanta would say this, like, "Oh yeah, like I, I love God. I, I, I'm a Christian." But our peace, our, our joy, our confidence, we like to have it, you know, like a little bit in our career, right. a little bit in our family life, a little bit in our religion, whatever. But true faith is casting everything, building right. all those. When it's going to cost you everything on the cornerstone of Christ, right. exactly. And I think that's a great question to ask yourself, like. Is this the final thing that you would hold on to? And I think the truth is matters for a lot of people in Atlanta. Like, if it meant losing your job, it'd probably be like, eh, I can't really go to the church anymore. Or, eh, I can't really say these things about Christianity anymore. Like, 
it, it, that'll show you where the idols of your heart really are. Yeah. Um, when you're pressed, when you're, when, when, and I'm not, we're not talking about being thrown in a furnace here. We're just talking about like not getting the promotion Dirty looks. here. Yeah. Yeah. But really like, what is the controlling force of your life? Is it the Lord? Is your faith really in the Lord? And do you count on him to provide, to protect, to care for, and actually ultimately to care for you till the end? So that's a great thought to end on, Will. And it's been a lot of fun looking at Daniel these past couple of days. So for Will Carlisle, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.